0: This episode of The Swell Pod is brought to you in partnership with Kiln. Kiln provides flex office space for teams and individuals. Their all-inclusive set of amenities helps startups, creatives, and entrepreneurs alike get work done. Learn more about Kiln at kiln.co. What does it take to create something that never existed before? What does it take to challenge the status quo? What does it take to change the world? This is The Swell Podcast. We're passionate about the seed of an idea and how it swells into a movement. Take a journey with us as we seek the answers to those three questions through the stories of thought leaders, world builders, game changers, disruptors, and other pleasantly rebellious humans who ventured out into the unknown on a personal journey to do something novel, innovative, creative, or disruptive. So Spencer, who do we have as our guests today? oh well yes uh this is brett boydell so in today's episode we speak
1: to the head of design collaboration for bentley motor cars uh and he has worked for bentley for actually over 20 years and he used to lead the interior design team in producing some of the world's most influential uh beautiful luxury cars not i have one at home or anything but uh, we we dive into his thoughts about Bentley's design process, uh, Bentley's culture, and their vision for for the future, actually beyond the car. Want to know what that means? <laughs> Join us. He joined us in the session. What, what what stood out to you in the session, Josh?
0: I loved his the the story. Uh, there was a story shared about. Uh, generational story about sitting in the back of a Bentley and what that meant for I think that was a customer right the smell of sitting in the back of a Bentley uh, and, and the feeling of that and what that meant for the person as they grew up into a future Bentley customer I loved that also the personal touches that they put I think uh, they he mentioned something about signing the engine um, which is incredible like just a lot from an experience standpoint that I thought was really cool seemed to speak The same kind of language that we love to hear and to speak you know so it was it was like kindred spirits i felt like this episode really good stuff
1: yeah no it was good it was good and a good friend of mine as i grew up as well so all these years later um he's taken a path that's just yeah blew me away all right well let's get into it
0: yeah be sure to like and subscribe and uh, we'll see you guys next time
1: all right see you guys And look, welcome to the the Swell Podcast. And we know that um, we have a connection, I guess, from our uh, friendship and friends of friends and all sorts of things. Uh, I think we both grew up in London, didn't we? And then I, I moved to Leeds. You moved to Harrogate, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who got there first. Oh, I got there in 1983 or eighty-four. So it no, might you, have might, been a, you might have got
2: there just before me, then. Yeah, yeah. A very similar timing. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, we just grew up together a little bit with activities and all sorts of great memories, um, in, 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 those, uh, th- those areas. Uh, and it's just great to catch up actually now. So it's been quite a few years since we talked. Um, and I think you've probably been working where you are, um, with, uh, Bentley for quite some time. Um, but it's interesting. I'd love to just, just tell us a little bit about what, you've been doing and what you're up to now and, and we've probably got to uh, kick it off with a question after that
2: okay so you're right i've been at bentley since 2001 officially um i actually originally went to bentley for six months that was in 2000 uh, for a six-month placement as part of my degree uh and it was almost kind of like a six-month work experience but while i was there the studio and the company was developing. Volkswagen had bought them a couple of years previously. They'd brought in a new design director. There was a new studio and I walked into the studio and the Continental GT was a full-size clay model set there. Uh, and of course, at the time, it was actually Rolls-Royce and Bentley. And there was a huge pivotal change happening within the whole structure of the strategy for the company. And so I timed that one quite well without any knowledge. <laughs> I, just, I just thought, if, I've always been an interior guy. And I thought, well, if I'm going to design interiors, then Rolls-Royce and Bentley is not a bad place to go. And so I went there to just learn for six months to try and gain as much experience as possible. But while I was there, I ended up designing for Mulliner, which is a branch, almost a coach building branch of Bentley. They do all the special cars, all the one-offs, I did um, I did a show car that went to the Paris Motor Show, a uh, special interior for it, and then and then my boss kind of said, "Can you stay and finish your degree from here?" So I said, "Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you want to if you want to pay me, I can do that." Um, and I, I I did my degree in the evenings, and they supported me, and then, and and uh, I was able to finish my degree, graduate, and automatically just became part of the design team in Bentley. Uh, And then over that time, of course, the company continued to evolve from this kind of um, big old man car into much more GT, much more performance orientation. Um, They went back to Le Mans and they won Le Mans. uh, And so that really spurred a whole new set of events and design thinking within where the future of Bentley as a brand can be. Rolls-Royce separated, went to BMW, and there was a complete focus on where the future of Bentley could be. And so I've been fortunate to be instrumental in working as a designer on the interior of all the, really most of the cars that you will have seen um, associated with Bentley, as well as special projects Um, and also focused quite a lot of my time on some of the concept cars which as a designer are kind of you know the pinnacle of what we we get to do because we get to have an awful lot of fun and and people don't say no as much (laughs) 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 Which, which i guess as a designer is what we always dream of is is just kind of wild creation um and really pushing the envelope and, and innovation. Um, and so that's, that's been a lot of fun to, to kind of forecast where the future of a brand is through, through concept cars and through show cars has been a lot of fun. So in 2015, I worked on the Speed 6 concepts. We did a second one in 2017, which was the Speed 6 E, was the first time Bentley predicted their link into an electric future. Um, And then our centenary in 2019, I focused uh, a team, and nothing is ever just me. You know, I'm always part of a team, and I've been fortunate to lead the teams um, for both of those concepts. 2019 was our 100-year anniversary, and so it was a great opportunity to show the world where the next 100 years of Bentley was going, where the company direction was going to go. Um, while celebrating 100 years of everything that was behind us and everything that had got us to where we were, we also wanted to create that paradigm shift of where the future of luxury automotive travel was, where the future of grand touring was. So we created a concept called EXP100GT. And that that was really a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, Um but was pitched at 2035 so very much a vision of where the future can be and it wasn't just about the future of the car it was about the future experience of yeah. Bentley and luxury travel.
1: What what a journey you've had then and what a lucky break I guess maybe um to start there in doing your degree and by the way yeah I my 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 uh my driveway is full of Bentleys and I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about when you're talking about those interiors. It's, uh, yeah, I know the back of my hand, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's how you said that, you, you know, you know, the cars. Um, but uh, what I want to take just back before we kind of maybe dive into a little bit around um, the design and maybe even the design thinking your approaches to, 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 to innovating really. Um, why, why interiors? What, what, what was it that you found right? back when you know what did you fall in love with
2: so I, uh, while i was at university you know i i went to coventry university which is pretty renowned throughout europe as you know if you want to be a car designer which i'd always wanted to be since about the age of four um i was as a young kid always sketching cars and you know everybody else wanted to be a uh, you know an astronaut or a choo-choo train driver and i was like no i'm gonna be a car designer and uh and so the irony of actually going and doing that was, was not lost on my family. Um, but I found myself at university with some extraordinarily ta- talented uh, guys and girls. And I just realized that most people's focus was all exterior design and it's really finite. And it's all about tuning kind of m- minuscule lines and proportions and volumes. And I found it interesting, but the interiors just had so much more going on. So many, di- you know, so many components, so many, you know, every switch, every button, every surface, all of the materials, it all just intrigued me that much more. And, and I found I was, I was kind of good at it and had a, a talent for combining all of those things into one homogeneous design. Um, Being able to see the big picture um, and also then translating that into one language, one design language, uh, is really the big challenge of any interior. Uh, And the reality is, you know, it's always a team of designers that deliver an interior. uh, But it always needs to look like one one person's hands drew everything. It all came from one person's mind. And, And that's a challenge in itself. I guess it was the the scale of the challenge that really intrigued me
1: yeah um, no I, I, I love that um and what you're describing there is i mean it's so important for for interiors i mean it has to happen that way, of course in businesses in corporations in unicorns i mean it it, it could be their products, it could be their soft their digital products it could be their even down to their their services and their culture has to i mean ideally it would also feel very very similar uh, experience um but of course in a car you kind of haven't got a choice right it has to be that way um jo- josh what um i know josh is like waiting for this killer question to kick this <laughs> thing off uh no i'm, well, only, I'm only kidding there where, where yeah. do we want
0: to go well so two questions went through my mind and one was i'd love to know if if that was kind of what you were hoping to do from the time that you were really young you know how did ultimately you know where you're at now how how do you look back on your expectations and and, and kind of what you thought it would be and, and ultimately what it is now i'm interested in in your perspective on that and then i'm also interested in the second question which was <laughs> from a design perspective do you select materials based on based off of the smell i'm intrigued by the idea of a new car smell based off of the design and and the choice of materials and and things like that so even down to the even down to the detail of smell uh, when somebody first steps into the car. But yeah, anyway.
2: Okay, so uh, your first question yeah. is a good yeah. one. Um, the reality of design work is is not the same as the dream. Um, as, as most professions, it, it still comes down to hard work. Uh, you have to be very good with deadlines. You have to be very good with late nights um, and churning out ideas you know the the concept of being good at drawing doesn't equate somebody that can design uh, because a designer has to take a blank piece of paper and create something and transmit ideas from your mind through to 2d and then into 3d very quickly and we use computers an awful lot for that quick transition but actually the the fastest way to communicate ideas or concepts from your mind is still is still to just sketch and most designers you know they may use different ways of of sketching and different mediums they may sketch straight into photoshop these days but actually it's still that just idea generation and and what about this and you could do this slightly differently and then you just sketch out those ideas and the reality is 90 percent of anything that you ever create will never see the light of day and I've been extremely lucky in that I've worked on a lot of projects that have gone all the way you know through the process of conceptual ideation and then ended up being produced and and being the production cars that are out on the road that's that's not common Um, I guess that's the result of being in a, in a company that's a little bit smaller, has quite a tight design team. Uh, whereas some of the big brands, yeah, you, you could be a designer for a very long time and, and never have anything actually be produced or hit the road. Uh, and so you have to get your head around that, that you're gonna do an awful lot of work that could be incredible and could never, never see the light of day. But you know, those are some of the realities um, of course, we're constantly working within confinements and challenges of budgets and uh, feasibility. And of course, you know, taking your, your baby of a concept and a design and then spending four years making that into a production car can be really tough. Uh, is, is hard work and you're constantly fighting to try and keep it as pure as possible, to keep you know your original vision as clear as possible, so that so that the, what the customer ends up with is is as great as your original vision. Um, again, I consider myself extremely lucky um, to have worked with such incredible brands, um, and Bentley is owned by Volkswagen Group. And so I've been able to also work within some of the other brands within the group as well and do projects with them. So I've been extremely spoiled because the cars I've designed in my lifetime have been Rolls Royces, Bentleys and Bugattis. Um, So, uh, you know, I come from a a perspective of really, really spoiled designer. (laughs) Um, And so... When I create a vision and when I see something, uh, and then you know create imagery and work with a team to develop that, um, the reality is actually better because of the materials, because of the way that the craftsmanship and the artisans that then develop that that vision into a reality. Because I'm working with the very top level of material materials, the very top level of engineers who are trying pushing extremely hard to try and make that vision a reality for our customers. Um, and so that's a rare, a rare reality for a designer where the thing that hits the road is better than the thing that you thought of um, because you couldn't even quite envisage just how wonderful those materials and the, and the craftsmanship could be. So there are some harsh realities about being the dream of a, being a designer um versus really the way it works but then there are some some very special moments where you know you, you get to see the final product and and you're even surprised by the outcome and so though that it, it's a it's a balance of both and there's lots and lots of hard work in between but uh but yeah, I think jumping to your <laughs> to your second question about materials, yeah. um, we have a whole department dedicated to uh, material materials material development, and of course, at the moment, also constantly pushing for for what else beyond kind of wood, leather, and metal um, are we looking to cloak our interiors in and. We're looking more and more about sustainable materials, alternatives, um, you know, so that so that vegans might have an opportunity to, to have a luxury experience in a car. We're looking a lot of materials and fabrics because actually, for instance, when we design the queen's car uh, for the queen, you no, know, she doesn't sit on leather. Uh, the driver sits on leather. She sits on fabric. She sits on wool. Um, and a special a special fabric and so actually you know leather is not the pinnacle of luxury it's what we've become used to and it's got huge practicalities and it works because it lasts for so long and even when it gets old it develops a beautiful patina if it's the right quality but actually there's a lot of space for sustainable fabrics and working with really great companies that 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 kind of work in a very ethical way to produce alternative materials. So um, that can pose a different challenge in that one of the things people love about Bentleys is the fact that they open the door and the car smells of wood and leather. It's synonymous for a new car smell. And a Bentley smells quite different than your average car um, because of the materials that are in it. But if you took all the leather out and you took all the wood out, what does the car smell of? Um, and so, yeah, we have to we have to think a little bit about how do we how do we enhance the shift in that experience? Uh, and all of it is part of what we would call kind of a, a luxury experience, you know, is being able to, to open the door. It's about smell. It's about sight. It's about really electrifying all of the senses and One of the things we explored in our concept car is how do we advance and how do we take that experience further? How do we use the digital age and technology to enhance that experience? Uh, You know, we involve lighting, so you have different moods and different experiences in in daylight versus at nighttime. And um, you can start to use, you know, curated experiences to enhance all of the senses, to create different experiences in different situations and that's something that our 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 team dedicated to user experience focus on is it is how it feels beyond beyond the wood and the leather um, that we're so well known for and you absolutely need to go to a dealership and and go and sit in some cars. Yeah. quick,
0: quick, quick, quick one though. Are they going to let
2: me in though? Just tell tell him I sent you.
0: <laughs> I, I'm interested to know, um, from the experience perspective, is there a is there an empathy map, a journey map for a queen? Like, did you guys <laughs> go into that level of detail?
2: Is it? It's interesting. Um, it was a little while ago when we created the kind of the unique car the Queen. Um, but she was very, very, very clear on what she she wanted. She knew exactly what she wanted. Uh, she signed off on all the key decisions. She had specific requirements because, you know, she, she knows what she was going to use the car for and how she was entry exit was very, very important because all the photographs and all of the, the, the cameras are on the Queen and being able to step in and out of that car elegantly. Um, and, you know, that was, that was a priority. And so completely different sets of user requirements than let's say a, an average production car that we produce. And, and I think that's important, you know, that's where bespoke creation uh, or being able to personalize your car through things like Mulliner, um, you know, our, our whole department, which is about that specific bespoke creation uh, that's where your experience as a customer, you can take to a completely different level where you start to get involved in the creation of your car that final aspect. Um, wh- whether it's at the beginning of the program and you literally create a car around you and your user needs or whether it's just as a customer that gets to be a part of the final creation with the materials and the colors and that whole process. Yeah, being, being involved in the creative process of a car is, is, a, is, a, is an amazing experience for our customers. And that's where they get to add their personality and their taste.
0: That's amazing. Gosh, I, l-
1: I love that question about the yeah. queen. And yeah. I, I was going to go there as well. I wasn't sure if I should, but um, yeah, I love the, <laughs> the idea of this curated luxury experience. Um, and I'm now curious to know, yeah, what you know, how do you measure how do you measure that experience and how do you measure it with her? Um, but I'm sure you got f- good feedback or do you get any feedback from, uh, from certain clients like that?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, we always get feedback. Um, we get feedback, you know, when they're, when they're really pleased and you get feedback if they're not um, and you make changes. Um, but people, people are very passionate about their cars. You know, you don't you don't have to be a car person, what we call a car person to really be passionate about cars. If you're spending time mm-hmm. traveling, then it's your environment. So you don't have to be a car person to recognize that you you like certain environments or you you, you, you don't. Um, and I think I think when it comes to those materials and that craftsmanship, you don't need to be a car person to really get into that and to start knowing what you want and what what you need from a services perspective or for a convenience perspective or just from a comfort perspective. Um, And so we do get a lot of feedback and a lot of involvement from our customers who really Mm -hmm. want to have that input. They ultimately always very much, very respectful of our expertise, but yeah, they love being able to get involved in that process.
1: Yeah. Josh, I know you were going to ask a question, but I, I'm still curious about kind of, yeah. do, do you measure it by MPS? Do you, ha, like, like you know, would, would, I'm not expecting you to tell me what the Queen's MPS score was, but how do you actually measure the overall experience from some of those kind of high-end luxury, you know, well, let's say customers' products and customers?
2: Yeah, ultimately, it's with customer feedback. I mean, at the centre of everything we do, it's all customer centric, you know, Um, and we, we measure lots of customer feedback through surveys and through the dealerships Um, and our dealerships are extremely important, you know, to maintain the customer relationship. But, you know, I, I actually, as a designer, get to go out into some of the dealerships and I've been able to travel around, you know, a few areas of the world and, and, speak with customers at events where they are only very more more than happy to, to tell you everything they love and all the things that they think you could improve and actually you know we listen to some of the, those comments uh, we listen and, and try to implement wherever possible um, sometimes there are things that are restrictions with legalities and you know customer will say i really want one of these and, you know, yeah it's not actually uh, possible within the legalities of a car there's a lot of lot of safety involved but other times they have brilliant ideas that we just haven't thought of because we're not using the car for three to four hours a day Uh, we're not stuck in traffic jams Uh, and Mm. and so that feedback from our customers is priority and filters directly into the design department for for when we then come to to design the next generation or make iterations on the next products. Yeah, no. it's it's a it's a very very customer centric company.
1: Yeah, no, it sounds like it. You could have gone two different directions, couldn't you? When 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 you split, uh, just carry on doing the amazing things you were doing. But it sounds like you're a company that has very committed to um, discovery and continual innovation, trying new things that. Uh, And and that's based on the the insights. In fact, we had a guest called Dr. Sonny from India just talking about, you know, the importance of insights before you even get to ideation, Um, you know, just rich insights, um, putting your biases apart uh, to the side and really trying to understand uh, and get to the heart of the problem or or, or the heart of... um, what the customer really wants or needs, uh, Josh. Sorry, I've sidetracked
0: the the, the question. No, well, it's good. Yeah, I I mean I I do I I definitely want to try to get into I think the future of what you're designing at Bentley and like beyond cars. I saw you know in the thing that we asked you to fill out, you 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 mentioned beyond cars, and I'm interested in that. But I'd also like to know just from your perspective, like as you mentioned, I think you know from a design perspective, it's. You know to see you know something that you that you've worked on for a long period of your life uh, out in the world and and something as as important as a, as a vehicle as a car that gets you know you from point A to point B in your life you know on, on your journey to go out and accomplish great things, like from your perspective, when you sit down in, in one of in one of the, one of those cars, like what what does that feel like just for you even you know?
2: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes when it's been a five-year journey, you're just quite relieved. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of the time, you know, when when the car finally makes it to the motor show or the launch event or whatever it is, you you're, you're really nervous about what the feedback will be. Um, journalists can be, you know, f- phenomenal barometers uh, mm-hmm. because. They're all, they know what they're talking about and they will do their best to kind of really find the problem. But when they like it, they also are very good at telling you. And so, yeah, there's always a bit of nervousness, you know, when you're about to launch a car or a new product to think, did we get this right? Is this, is this where we wanted it to be? And uh, yeah, in reality, when, when it goes well, you're, you're mostly relieved. <laughs> mm. Because because it's the end of a long journey, um, cars, you know, uh, from, from kind of the start of a project where you start the, the ideation of a new product to final production and a release of a car, it's, it's four and a half, five years. Um, and that's a long time to be pushing, to be pushing something to, to come through. That means, you know, when we talk about taking on all of that input from customers and all of those ideas, we have to We have to recognize that's generally what people want now, not what people are gonna want in five years. So we also have to then use our ideation and some conceptual thinking about, okay, how does that also translate into what customers are gonna want in five years time? So you're always pushing uh, and always trying to extend the envelope from where people are now. Um, And if you just think about what you would demand from a car or a product now versus five years ago, it's quite, it's, it's, it's a big leap. And in some respects, you wouldn't have even imagined that you could be demanding certain things from products now. But but we have to imagine that, that's our job, uh, is to be able to go on that journey. And and so that's, you know, that's that's a long process and the feelings that you have are, are absolutely, you're elated, you're relieved, you're, you're thankful to be have been involved um and then you very very quickly move on to the next thing (laughs) you're like okay good we managed it it's done let's enjoy it but like now what Um, (laughs) and you you know the reality is you've usually you moved on to another project in interim you never just work on one project and so you're already into the next thing and you're pushing hard on that and so yeah you're just you're just you just keep that motivation and that drive, but certainly seeing your ideas and thinking, wow, I remember a long time ago when that came out of my head Uh, or a customer saying like, this is, I love this feature. Um, You know, who thought of that? And then you think, actually, that was me. Uh, That came out, you know, it's my fault. (laughs) (laughs) I I often, I often say that, you know, customers say, who thought of this? Yeah, that's my fault. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and that could be a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> all depends so, so that that's a lot of fun
0: yeah that's awesome and so it is an interesting moment in time for 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 cars in general right and I can imagine you know you're looking at some pretty innovative stuff and and I guess from from a, a journey of Bentley from the time that you've been there you know and 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 the culture of innovation and the culture of yeah, like as it relates to the moment right now, help us understand. You know, what what have been maybe some of the some of the some of the opportunities where it was maybe a little bit more difficult. You know, or or for 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 the culture of Bentley to to continue to innovate or and, and continue to change. Or was it actually not that difficult? I don't know. Yeah, I guess just help us understand that uh, the evolution of the design culture within within Bentley. I guess as you kind of move into the future now as well.
2: I think that we've. We've been very lucky and I've been very lucky. I've served under quite a few CEOs and under a couple of design directors as well. And they always bring something personal, um, you know, as any leader does. Um, Currently we have an incredible CEO and actually I have a new design director who starts in March. Um, So we're really in that transition period right now. Um, But my last design director, I've been working under for the last six years and had a great relationship with him. Um, and, and everybody brings something fresh and something new and a personal insights. You know, we have a, a pretty recent engineering director, which is who we work under as well. Um, and we're always interconnected with, with engineering as a department. And so each individual uh, has a different vision uh, and something that, that maybe is a focus I have to say uh, Bentley has been exciting because we've had really driven people that are extremely well educated, have a lot of vision. I guess the biggest challenge for a designer would be if they were working with people who didn't share the vision of the future. Uh, And that's that's actually rarely the case. Uh, I find myself in a very fortunate position where I've been able to work with teams that once once we were able to work together and, and and actually see what we were trying to achieve, you know, we, it's my job and designers' jobs to create the vision that people can see. But if you've kind of co-created that together, and then been able to illustrate that, and everybody's bought into it, and actually that process of productionization and the challenge of you know when you're, you're hitting all the brick walls that are saying you can't do it and it's not possible, and it's and my favorite one is it's impossible. Um, and, and I get that a lot, That uh, in reality, overcoming those challenges is so much easier when you're working with an inter, you know, cross-functional team that all shares the same vision uh, or or at least has bought into what that vision needs to be. And, and I think that comes from really good leadership, uh, top down, uh, and I think we're very fortunate. Bentley's always had great leadership. Um, Adrian Hallmark is our current CEO. He has an amazing vision for the future. He was really integral in the vision of the EXP 100 GT concept car, which really gives an illustration of what that future vision can be. And you know, there's, there's no restrictions on that. It is kind of constantly trying to, it was really pushing the level of innovation luxury experience and it went beyond the car as well it connected into the let's say the ecosystem of the luxury world um, and started to expand on what those experiences could be and how they could be curated uh, and expanded also beyond the car itself which is really something i'm starting to focus on uh, is is extending the design language of bentley beyond the car as well, which is a, a vastly developing area um, and something that's becoming really important to a lot of companies, uh, especially luxury companies, where you know, connectivity and technology is enabling services and experiences to be, to be able to go beyond just each individual product. And actually they, they can be linked uh, and so that's, that's a huge area of innovation, but I've never, I've never had the kind of negative experience of thinking I would be held back. Mm. And I think that's, that's really key. And that's, that's partly the onus is on me as a designer to make sure that I've done my job properly to inspire, mm-hmm. uh, and to help people to be able to see maybe beyond what's right here and, and, and way beyond And then, like I say, when they're all bought, when everybody's bought in, you all charge together. And then, and then that's when stuff changes. That's when stuff happens.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm interested. Spencer, do you, do you want to hop in? Um. Well, I I tell you what I was thinking, Yeah. just
1: what road signs, what what kind of signposts have like culturally have actually encouraged you to take those risks. Obviously you, you made that decision. I'm going to speak up. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, encourage my team, but are there any other things that you can think of that may be distinctive about Bentley's culture that encourages that risk-taking and, and speaking your mind and kind of pursuing the, you know, what you believe in? I
2: mean, I guess external, the external perception of Bentley is not necessarily that we're a risk-taking company. Mm -hmm. We're, we're founded in, in tradition and we're founded in Britishness and, and that's not synonymous with risk-taking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reality is, you know, um, when it comes to any luxury product, um, we have to work, we're working on emotions um, because it's it's not a necessity. You know, there, there are a lot of products that can fulfill necessity. Um, and Bentley is a luxury product which has to go way, way beyond necessity. It has to go into something that you, you connect with uh, and that is improves your life um and isn't an, and, and that comes through experiences which you value and you remember and you retain and you know we've i've spoken to so many customers that talk about as a young child having a relative or somebody uh, that they knew and they were they were taken in a Bentley and they just never forgot the experience and it's always been their aspiration to own a car, to to own a Bentley and to be able to have that experience themselves. And I always think that's just an amazing thing, you know, that that a product has such an impact on you that it locks a memory in your mind that creates motivation to live your life in a certain way so that you can aspire to have something, Uh, not so that it's an object, but so that it's something that you can continue those experiences in. I think that's an amazing, mo- that's an amazing thing. But, but in reality, to, to keep that, that, I guess that ball so far ahead, to constantly be leading you know, um, innovation, to be leading design, to be leading craftsmanship in a way that we're always ahead of the competition so that we can justify the price of our vehicles and the luxury status of our vehicles. Um, means that you have to be pushing because otherwise there's no differentiation and cars are in an interesting place right now because differentiation has, always, has often come through performance it's often come through you, you know not to 60 it's a top speed um, you know engine power and torque and we're moving into a, a realm and a time period where electric cars are going to level that, you know, it's just all cars will have amazing performance, amazing um, acceleration. And a lot of the things that have differentiated cars to this point um, and made one car, you know, have an amazing experience versus another uh, are going to change. Are going to be quite different, and the things that we value are going to be different. Mm. And that's where going back to, you know, like was said, the, the, the smells, the touch, the feel, the quality, the, the understanding that that's been handmade, and that, you know, there's been, there's been human investment into that particular product. Um, those things actually will be the areas of differentiation along with design and then the way that you can use technology to enhance those experiences. So the reality is, I, I can't imagine people, people say, name one risk-taking company to me and Bentley's the first one to come to mind. But if we're not pushing the envelope, then we're not relevant because we have to be at the forefront of what's defining luxury experiences um, because that is what makes that's what gives it the value. Um, and so, in a, in our own way, we're constantly having to innovate and push and and kind of change where the envelope is or where people's expectations are, um, so that so that we're inspiring people and they're emotionally engaged in in what that product can provide.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, I'd love to know more about um, the cult. Sorry, the can you can you kind of paint a picture of how you are creating the future then like what type of things are you looking at and how how do you actually approach reimagining the future uh, as a as a design team Uh, that's my question actually josh that's one question where well so go down that avenue or have you got something uh, much better than mine
0: i I was thinking i was thinking the same thing but from like that experience perspective Mm because the experience of of, of cars in general is is changing beyond cars right and 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 from your guys's perspective I think just to add on to your your question Spencer was mm-hmm. You know from an experience perspective, you know, I, I would love to know what you, the breadth of experience looks like now at that point like the touch points beyond the car and and kind of when you think about it from an experience perspective, how are you looking at it as well. Yeah.
2: Um, I think I think uh, the experience side of things, or or let's say the the future of experiences is about being able to tailor and and bespoke to each individual customer. Um, We we have customers that are hugely successful and very often they know they know what they want um, and they expect something to deliver. Uh, My my mind is always about delivering just a little bit more than expectation. And I think I think luxury experiences are the things that actually surprise and delight you. So the things that, you know, you, this is my expectation here, and it actually goes just a little bit further and surprises me uh, and gives me something I wasn't expecting, that's luxury. That's the point of luxury for me. Um, and I think that's what, as a company, we're constantly trying to develop. Is is how do we meet the expectations of our customers, and then how do we surpass those, and how do we bring this element of discovery and surprise and delight um, to the whole experience? Uh, and you know, it can be it can be something uh, as small as a little element within the car. Um, from my perspective, really good design, you shouldn't be able to take in in one hit. So you know you shouldn't be able to, 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 to look at a car um, and see everything that has been designed. You shouldn't be able to open the door and sit in a car and suddenly be able to just breathe in every element of design. Really good design should be a journey of discovery where you take it in, you have a, a set of experiences, but then as you live with a product, it gets better. Uh, there's not that many products that as you live with them, the experience enhances. And, and that's something that we're constantly trying to, to develop so that there's layers of design to every element. So it might be that you know, you've know you been using the calf for six months and then suddenly there's a, there's a rotary or a switch or a, or a panel on the interior and you just realize that there's more to it than you first saw there's another layer of design, there's another layer of complexity, there's an attention to detail you hadn't appreciated on first read. And we refer to that as kind of first read, second read, third read. And I think that's really important um, where, where the ownership experience gets better with time. Um, and that, that requires a lot of investment because because that uh, it's expensive to design things that have first, second, third read kind of discovery in the design themselves. Because it is often connected to complexity. It's com- connected to materiality. Um, we I, I designed kind of uh, details and rotaries in a concept car which had uh, the kind of the the finish which is synonymous with Bentley. We call knurling. And it's this diamond finish. Um, and you know people love the, t- the tactility of that. And we even put that knurling finish and that diamond finish in areas that you can't see. So it's behind surfaces. So when you open the door handle, it's on the back surface. You can't see it, but you can only feel it. Mm-hmm. But every time you go to open the door, you feel something, you just go, that's nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's, nice. You know,
2: it's just that, it's that they didn't need to do that. I would have bought the car anyway yeah but but I appreciate it mm. um, and there's those kind of finishes and so we have customers that love those experiences so then we're designing you know the next generation of or, or a concept that showed where we can go in the future and we start saying okay but how do we how do we take that forward again what's the next step for that experience and so I, you know, I developed um, a, three, a knurling that had a 3D shape to it. And actually we worked with a company that used a 0.3 milling head on the aluminum components so that they pierced through and perforated the, every surface of the diamond knurling, which meant then I put a second material inside, which was actually copper So that when you really, really look at it, you realize that it's transparent and you can see the other material through it. And you don't see that on the first read ever. You just think, oh, it's lovely, knurled, and oh, that feels great. You know, that feels super. And then at some point you look a little bit closer and you realize there's a a level of complexity and a a layering of design and a layering of materials, which suddenly just fascinates you. And, And that's that point of, I wasn't expecting that, <laughs> and who thought of that? And why would you go to that level of complexity? Mm-hmm. But actually, that's the point of luxury. So, me—that's that journey of discovery.
0: Yeah, um, I love that. I'm—I'd love to know from like so from the actual because you mentioned you've never felt like you've been held back, and is it those moments? You know, I'm generalizing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but is it—is it those moments that really, I guess, fuel? Like you if, if there was anything that you're striving for as you start to innovate, it is, you know, like on the you know, as as you take a step back, you can see a Bentley as this. But what we're really striving for almost culturally, the thing that that everybody at Bentley is really looking for are those little things that nobody had to do but we did, if that makes any sense. That I don't know. The element yeah, of surprise that, as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a, a big a big picture. Um, but the differences are on in, in the, the details. Um, the differences are in some of the small little things that make the difference. And they all add up to what that, that Bentley difference is. Um, mm. it's, it's the fact that you, know, you can recognize the handwork. You can recognize the investment um, in, in, in a workforce that is skilled um, rather than a mass production approach. yeah it's more effective it's more efficient and you can make more money that way the 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 worst scenario for making money is to have lots of people involved in a product but but if you remove that from a Bentley then you've lost the essence of its very soul you know it's about hands Uh, and there's a sustainability in that very concept in itself it's about a workforce and a skill force um and you know we have We have people that are integral to each product you know the name of the person that built your engine is inscribed on the engine Mm -hmm. there's a little plaque about the the person that built it it's his name and it's different you know there there are a number of those on each car because each one has somebody different that finished and constructed your engine and I, i think there is a value associated with that and as we move into a mass production world. It's those little things um, that actually uh, make the difference. It's those little elements like, wow, somebody's really cared about that. You know, they've cared so much that they've gone to this nth degree um, and they've invested and made sure that that is absolutely as good as it could be rather than settling for good enough. They've gone slightly beyond that. And, And that is the mentality that any luxury company I think has to have because that's the difference. That's the difference between standard or premium and pure luxury and, 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 and extreme luxury um, is all those little differences, that attention to detail, that investment in time. Um, and it's, it's becoming difficult and rare within the business world to be able to justify why that's so important um, but Bentley has fortunately recognized that that's integral to their future as well.
1: Well, you, you, I think you may have convinced us to get a Bentley and work for you, <laughs> and work for Bentley. Uh, we're sold. <laughs> we're in. Um, I, I wouldn't, and I and I know we're running out of time now, but I do wonder, a you know, question for both of you, actually, what, you know, what elements is this only for luxury bentleys right um can you know if you if you if you examine an exceptional experience i'm not sure i would have ever called it a luxury experience until now but with customer service or with a different product altogether are there certain you know truths and principles of what you're talking about um that are still applicable um, and I, you know, I kind of assume there are, and I would say, well, which which elements are are, are actually applicable to anything you work on?
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I think they absolutely are. I think we can all look at the experiences that we have, uh, especially maybe with customer service, and and what were the things that made something more valuable than another? What what makes you think? You know, I'm more than willing to pay a little bit extra so that I get that. Experience over another experience, and and usually it's it's about the personal touch. It's about the fact that it, it was it was a pleasure. Um, it was it was something that surpassed your expectations, and so those experiences can be associated with with day to day scenarios. Um, I think we can all kind of think: well, when was the last time I was really impressed with something? Something just completely went beyond my level of expectations. And it could have been a person uh, when it comes to just service and, and, and the way that they interacted with you. It could have been a product that you know, just did something so well and so efficiently that you were surprised. Mm. Um, and, and I always think the great measure of that is actually whether we remember it. It's whether it's impactful enough that it lodges in our mind. And usually we remember, we remember the really, really good and the bad. Yeah, <laughs> Those yeah. are the things we retain. And actually, it's easier to, re- to remember the bad stuff sometimes or the negative. Um, but the really valuable experiences and the time that we're super impressed, they actually do all add up, I think, to create an impression of, of things that we value.
1: Yeah, I love the way you think about it. Uh, honestly and and you have to because of the product and the the, you know the company and the brand that you work for but it is so applicable I think many of these things to things we've we've done in the past uh, and and hope to continue to build in the future that you know actually uh, just a few random thoughts but the fact that they put the name I forgot that that's what they do right the name the um the colleague or the employee you know inside the car go- you know that's a cultural thing as well that's i mean it's, yes it sends a message to your customer but it sends a message to the to the um to your people uh, yeah your people and and, and it's it mm. just it's those, those fine details um that make a difference to the to the culture and the brand of the you know so i love that Um, I I kind of oh my goodness we're running out of time I'd love to know what you're what you're working on you know now that you know maybe we'll see in four or five years not not necessarily all the the secrets but the type of things that are exciting you um, about the future I guess that's a question I'd throw out there Um, and then I think we need to wrap up probably. Josh you probably got another killer question waiting
0: no, I, I, I do want to say just real quick, though, because I love I love that you made that connection, Spencer, because it, it, it truly like what some of my favorites, favorite moments of this conversation were, you know, a child sitting in a Bentley and then strike like it was such an impactful memory. Right. But what it does culturally when you put your name on that car is now all of a sudden you're associating yourself, your detail, your human touch to that person's memory and that connection between. Employee, designer, customer, whatever it is, right? There's, it's baked into human emotion and memory, and and something really, really strong there, and that's so purposeful, I think, as far as as far as a culture. But anyway, sorry, I don't want to interrupt uh, the answer no, to Spencer's no. question.
2: Well, the the you can pass. Thank you for the thank <laughs> yeah. you for that perception, <laughs> um, and. I think the to answer your question, Spencer, it's a fairly short one. Um, the stuff that uh, really excites me and I'm working on, I can't talk about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's that's the, the challenge of uh, of a designer is that in reality, you know, the stuff that it, we're we're super excited about is always confidential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we work we're working on things in the future. I, I, I guess the stuff I can talk about, I'll generalize some of the stuff. We're working on future products. We're working on a, on a vastly changing automotive industry. Uh, we've already made clear declarations about the electrification of all of our cars. Electrification, you know, a lot of people look at it and think that's a really good thing because of the impact to the environment and um, air quality and sustainability and all of those things are, are positive. But is it gonna kind of am I going to lose my my automotive experience is it all suddenly going to become a bit dull and in reality you know um you talk about electric cars and most people struggle with them is is the lack of noise yeah the the lack of one of those elements but you know Bentley's been creating quiet cars for a hundred years and it's been associated with the luxury experience so um, for us, we see a very exciting future where we can partner our aspirations of becoming you know, um, a really influential, uh, sustainable lo- luxury company in the future and in leading uh, a sustainable approach to car manufacture, to skill retention, um, to, to collaborating with artisans um, and, and I'm, I'm, the things that are really exciting me at the moment are the opportunities to collaborate and to work with other industries and other designers and other um, skills which can enhance and bring something new that we can then you know make a part of the future of Bentley. There's a huge element of the influence of technology which I find really, really intriguing, because how do, you, how do you make technology have warmth? How does it have feedback? How does it engage you? Um, how does it create an experience that's as lovely as touching, you know, a perfectly milled piece of metal componentry in your car that has a mechanical feel like the organ stop uh, in the vents on a Bentley? How does, how does that experience balance into a digital world? Mm. And that's really exciting uh, to be trying to understand how you create that warmth from technology with the convenience of connectivity and, and, and convenience and efficiency in, in, in all of that. So those things are, are really exciting. Um, I think there's, we're, we're in a pivotal moment in the, in the mobility industry um and there's lots happening and rather than being scared of that i think we're at bentley we're just really excited about the next hundred years uh, and everything that is in front of us and the opportunities that are are in front of us as well
1: wow well that's fantastic josh do you have anything else i know we need to wrap up
0: no just yeah it is (laughs) are you interested in people following you like on social media or if anybody wants to reach out to you with like, are you open to that from listening to this podcast? And and if so, how can they get in touch or reach out to you or follow you? Um, Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah. um, I have no problem with that at all. Um, I wouldn't say I was the biggest uh, social media man in the world, (laughs) but um, I'm I'm on Instagram. um, I'm on LinkedIn. um, And so, uh, people are more than, more than happy to reach out if they have questions or they, they're interested in, you know, a, a future. I, I work a lot with some universities and students to try and also assist, you know, in, in what paths may be in front of people. So mm. absolutely happy to, to try and interact and help anybody that has questions.
0: All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Swell Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. And if you did enjoy the podcast, please be sure to leave a review uh, and get involved in the conversation on all the major socials at the Swell Pod. We'll see you next time. Thank you.